feel a slight bit of disconnect. There we go. It is a blessing to stand here for Pastor Matt today. Matt is uh, in Charlotte, I believe, with his wife and daughter. So they have a little bit of time off today. Thank you, brother. I appreciated that song. Uh, yeah. Uh, singing about the faithfulness and the steadfastness of God. And use the word anchor in it. If you are a boater like Mr. Carey there and myself, you know what an anchor does. And I, I would just ask you today to remind yourself, what, who is your anchor in your life? How does God speak to us is kind of my message today. And when I heard that song about steadfast God and steadfast people, that's how God speaks to me a lot of the time is through you, through your steadfastness, as a child of God, think back in your life of all the steadfast people that have been part of your journey. Is that God speaking to you through those lives? The answer to that is yes. God does speak to us through, I think, a lot through church, just being here. Um, not always have, has my attitude been super great about coming inside a building and sitting and listening to somebody else speak. That's always been a challenge for me, especially as a kid. I wanted to get church over with. Is anybody, anybody else out there? Um, I'm thankful, though, that I've matured in that because now I really do enjoy coming to church. I don't ever think it's super easy to get to church, but as soon as I'm here, I see Dan at the front door. I see a child or I hug a senior adult. All of a sudden, the Lord says, you are, you are a rich, rich, blessed man. And I say, amen. Thank you, Lord, for, for the steadfastness of God Almighty, first of all. And then that steadfastness being translated into you and into me, and we encourage each other and we speak to each other. That is God speaking. What, what other ways does God speak? Um, that's my message today. It's nothing fancy. Um, I just went through the Bible and found some things that I know uh, God has used to speak to me. First of all, do you need God to speak to you? Uh, as we get older, uh, it kind of becomes the main thing, doesn't it? Um, entertainment is great, and I love it. Um, the fact that I just don't have three channels anymore like I did when I was a kid is thrilling to me. I, I sometimes feel quite spoiled. You know, to have all the different options to, I, mean, I could have watched five different ball games yesterday if I'd had time, you know. But as we get older, God speaking and giving us wisdom is a prayer that we pray probably more than anything. God, give, give us wisdom. Uh, <clears throat> God, I need direction. God, I need encouragement. God, I need strength. Is anybody out there today that needs those things from God today? Yes, yeah, so we've got to learn how, how He is busy answering that prayer and people don't don't look past the people that are coming at you because they may very well be God's answer to what you have asked for so look for that encouragement I'll tell you one thing I've learned about the Lord is I pray for encouragement a lot because I can get a little down anybody else and, and and no good reason if you looked at my life you would say what in the world do you have to be down about but we do get discouraged, and so you ask, I pray a lot for encouragement. 
And somebody, God will send me somebody. I'll have a conversation with Daniel, for example. And when I'm done, I'm walking back out, or Caroline, I'm walking back out to my vehicle, and that downness is gone because God used somebody to bring that encouragement into me. So I want to raise our awareness, and I want to ring that bell that God is speaking to you through the people around you. Uh, And I appreciate steadfast people, don't you? People that have just been steady because they speak to me more than anybody. I might not even see them for 10 years. And guess what? They're the same person serving the same God in the same wonderful way that they always have been. Do you think that encourages me? All the way down to my toes. That encourages me. So God uses people. Um, I know Matt, I think, is, is around the water today. I, I've always said that God speaks to me through the ocean. Water. <laughs> Uh, maybe a bath, I don't know, but definitely going to the beach. And my wife is a walk the beach at sunset. I am a walk the beach in the morning. So surprisingly, there are two different ways of looking at things. But when I'm jogging along the beach in that sun, that water line out yonder, and here comes that teeny little piece of the sun coming up, uh, I don't think there's anything more beautiful than that until... I'm driving back to the Smokies, somewhere in North Carolina, you turn a bend and you see the mountains again. So I'm always torn about which one I love more. I'm pretty sure it's the mountains. Um, and, and getting to go sit in a, in a quiet forest and, and, and just smell and hear. Uh, first of all, is that God speaking to us as well? Does God speak through the mountains, the oceans, and the forest? Yes or no? Yes, he does. And I want to show you that. Um, Romans 1.18, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Uh, if you'll notice there, y'all, I just now noticed that myself, God's wrath being revealed is also God speaking. Uh, because here's what I want you to catch. What, may, what might be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. As that's the message today. How is God showing himself to us? For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, the mountains, the oceans, the forests. The, the, the Bible says in verse 20 that God's invisible attributes are clearly seen by the things that are made. So we're supposed to see God. We don't worship the trees or the ocean. But we let those things lead us to worshiping the God that created those things. Amen? So we let all these things point us to the Lord. Verse 20, since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. Wow. God is showing me his power and his Godhead through the things that he has made. Why does this matter? Because... You are without excuse, the Bible says. They are without excuse. They did see the things that were made, but they didn't do anything with it. What did they do with the things they saw? The Bible says, although they knew God, they did not glorify him. I want to be a God glorifier in everything I do. I want to see God's glory 
in all the ways he wants me to see his glory. And I've already said, I see it in the mountains and I see it in you. And I pray that you see it in me. That's our function when we come together at church is to glorify God into each other so that when we depart, we'll know that God has spoken to us through each other and through the word. We're going to look at that in a minute. Although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. So how do we pray this passage? God, give me wisdom that when you show me your attributes, I am thankful, I see them, I recognize them, and I learn what it is you want me to learn as you're revealing yourself to me. Can we pray that prayer, God? I I, I want to know you more. I want your revelation to become more active in my mind. I want to recognize it when you are revealing yourself to me. Because I think we can miss it. I think we can miss it if we're not careful. God's intention is that the visible, the trees, the robins, the squirrels, I'm not sure about the ticks and the mosquitoes. God's intention is that the visible point to the invisible. So I want you to practice that. I want to practice that. The things I see, I translate that into praise for who God is and what, what he is and what he's, his majesty his power, and his Godhead. Can we slip into a sad habit as children of God of not listening to God like we should? Can we slip into that habit and just get busy? Yes, we can. So today I want to remind us, slow down. Where is God speaking? We may not be suppressing his truth, but I want to ask this question. Are we really doing a great job seeking his truth? Do we know that we can? Verse 19, let me say it again. What might be known of God is manifest. That word means plain. That word means evident. God is trying to show you evidence of himself. Isn't that exciting that he wants to do that for me? So our search begins, and may we be very wholehearted as we seek God, because he is wholeheartedly seeking God. Let's not be lazy in that. So God's desire is to be seen, to be known, and to be glorified. Why? So that you don't trip up and begin to glorify something less glorious. That's why he wants you to see his glory, so you don't get fooled into latching on to something that's really not that glorious at all, like a thing or a person or a bank account. God wants to be seen as all-glorious. He deserves to be seen as all-glorious because he is all-glorious, and he doesn't want you falling for something else that is falsely glorified. What is it in your life that you are glorifying more than God, other than God? And I ask myself that question first. Is there anything there that I'm glorifying more than God? Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. And you will call upon me and go and pray to me and you will listen to me. And you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me wholeheartedly. May we be a church that seeks the Lord wholeheartedly. Let's pray that today for ourselves. 
So y'all, in the tangible things we see out there, the heavens, the moon, our bodies, the bugs, the birds, the deer, the possums, the ravens, all these are God's revelation. Psalm 19, 1 through 4. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament shows his handiwork. And here's, here's what God is, is he doing. Day unto day utters speech. That's God speaking to us. And night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. So God is speaking. So as you're driving along this week, Lord, I'm listening. Show, show me. I need, <laughs> I'm desperately in need of, of your word, God, in, in my life. Um, I've got three examples that I want to share with you that get me hyper excited. And the moon is one of them. When's the last time y'all got hyper excited about the moon? Is the moon God's revelation to us? What do you think? Yes. Some things about the moon. Uh, first of all, um, Psalm 89, 37 says this about the moon. It... And the it here is David's seed, David's family, King David's family. It shall be established forever like the moon, even like the faithful witness in the sky. The moon is God's faithful witness in the sky. To you, every time you look at it, what might you say in response to that? Well, thank you, Lord, so much for reminding me uh, who you are tonight. Um, Faithful witness in the sky. It is a witness to what exactly? How, 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 how awesome do you have to be to make a moon? You've got to be pretty smart. You got, and you have to actually want to have a purpose in the moon. And the moon does a lot. But what God wants you to do is walk out there and see it and just say, God, thank you for that reminder of how glorious you are and how wonderful you are. Uh, God, uh, Genesis 1.16, God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night, Genesis 1.16. I have a website that I love. It's icr.org. If you like science and you want to see God's hand at work, icr.org, Institute of Creation Research, I got this uh, about the moon. The combination, I want to hear this, the combination of size and distance of the moon from the earth results in the special situation that 0.5 degree Angular size of the sun and moon as seen from earth are the same. So most of the time that's saying when we look at the sun and the moon, we see the same size. Now listen to this though. However, the moon is 400 times smaller than the sun. But it is, this is the point that excites me, it is likewise 400 times closer to the earth. See how God did that? Because of this purposeful situation, the moon is able to occasionally eclipse the sun exactly, providing a precise time record. Computer studies furthermore show that this perfect eclipse condition is unique among all known moons in the solar system. One significance of this eclipse, data from from the Bible, it provides a confirmation that the chronological systems employed by the Old Testament scribes were perfectly accurate. I also want us to look at something I discovered about uh, in March of this year. It's a, it's a nerve in our body. Are you all okay if we do some 
science today. God is the God of science. There's this thing in our, our body called the vagus nerve. Now, you might, have, you might have learned it as the vagus nerve. That's how I learned it. It's the vagus nerve. It's ah. It's an ah sound. And the word comes from the Latin vega, and it means to wander. So you have a vagabond uh, nerve in your body. I have not studied this as much until here lately. I'm pretty, pretty fascinated with this. You know, when you see a bear in the woods, the, uh, the, the, your sympathetic nervous system, God has provided this thing. And when you see the bear, what do you want to do? Most of us want to run. That, that is your sympathetic nervous system. The vega nerve comes in when the bear is gone and you need to calm down. That is your parasympathetic nervous system. Uh, so God gave us this nerve. And I, when I need to calm down after I get done chasing the bear, that's one of the functions of the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve is an integral part of your autonomic nervous system. The part of the nervous system controls things like breathing, digesting food, and sweating. The vagus nerve is part of the parasympathetic nervous system. It calms your body after you've been in a stressful situa situation. It carries signals from your brain, comes down both sides of your head, and it goes to your heart and your intestines to initiate this process. This is the amazing part. Up here in our, our heads that God has put a brain, we have a medulla oblongata. The vagus nerve splits in two. As soon as it leaves there, runs down the right and the left side of our bodies. It extends all the way from the brain to the large intestine, down the neck, through the chest, around the heart, around our lungs, through our abdomen and our intestines, below our esophagus, the two sides join once more to form the, the vagal trunk. I have not, wasn't too aware of this wonderful thing <laughs> that God has placed in us. It kind of takes all these different systems that we have and it helps them all to kind of talk to each other. Isn't that cool? Um, the inferior ganglion branch sends signals to our voice box and to our throat. The superior ganglion branch connects our spine and our ears. The vagus nerve delivers nerve signals to the esophagus, the heart, and the lungs. And I just want to say, thank you, God, for the vagus nerve. Just like the moon. Just like the moon. It is a testimony to the wise designer that we serve. Amen. Humor me just one more. I've noticed that uh, I kind of look at my dog. I've got a, a sweet dog. Uh, dog is not as smart as I am, but pretty much has all the same needs that I do. They're not super complicated. I'm not either. But when you look at the animal, human animal, and you look at a dog, the same systems are present. Isn't that kind of cool? Uh, and here, here, here they are, uh, the circulatory system. Uh, oxygen, nutrients, guess what they're doing? They're busy going all through to the muscle tissues throughout the body. The lymphatic system, super important. It drains, I love this, it drains tissue spaces of excess interstitial fluid. That sounds important. Absorbs fat from the intestines, and guess what it also does? It protects the body from disease. The respiratory system, not that exciting, let's move on. The integ integumentary system. Now this one is amazing. I bet probably five people don't know what this is in this room. I did not. This is your, the fancy word for the covering on the outside of your body that keeps everything in. 
That is a system. That's one of the 11 systems that God has in your body. That is your skin. I want to ask you, are you thankful for your skin today? Your hair? One of my daily prayers. (laughs) Me and Dan, more hair. And also uh, your nails. The endocrine system works with your nervous system through the hypothalamus, the gastrointestinal, which is really called your digestive system. What does it do? Absorbs nutrients from food. The urinary system, the musculoskeletal system, really is called the locomotor system. And it's it's the system that lets us get up and move around, connects our muscles and our tissues and our skeletal system together. Three more. The nervous system which controls and regulates all of the systems of the body. The immune system, how important is that one? Keeps us from getting sick. And the guy that wrote this article, he he named number 11 the reproductive system. And he said, this is the one that is not necessary for survival. And I scratched my head on that one just a little bit. (laughs) I think he means you have to have all the other ones to live. You don't have to use the other one, but if you do. But I thought, yeah, that's kind of necessary for survival. So, y'all, all of these systems, guess what they do? They're hanging out in the right place, doing the right thing. You take one of them away, what do you have? You have death because it doesn't work. And the same systems that run me run my dog. And they run the cows and the horse. God just, he said, okay, let me show you how all this is going to work. One way is it going to work. I'm going to show you how it is. It's not random, is it? It's exactly, exactly as it has to be. And God wants us to look at that and say, Amen, God. You are glorious in your design. Lee Strobel said this. Essentially, I realized that to stay an atheist, I would have to believe that nothing produces everything, that non-life produces life, that randomness produces fine-tuning, that chaos produces information, that unconsciousness produces consciousness, and non-reason produces reason. If you want to read more on Lee Strobel, he's got a wonderful testimony. Um, Again, icr.org is is a great place to start. Y'all, what other revelations does God command us to respond to? Jesus. God commands you to respond to Jesus. Jesus is God speaking to you. Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. God, who at various times and in various ways in times past, spoke to the fathers by the prophets. He has in, in these last days spoken to us by his son. Jesus is God speaking to you, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus is God's greatest revelation, didn't he? Greater than the moon, greater than the vagus nerve. God, Jesus is the greatest revelation. The scriptures are God speaking to you. God, help us pick them up more. Help us love them more. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I told you there are times in our lives we're just desperate to know God, to know what he wants, to know. 
anything he will show us. Who's, how are we going to get there? We're going to get there through the word of God. The scriptures are God speaking to you. Please don't wander around and say, God's not talking to me. He has, and he will, and he wants to. Uh, I think of those old-timey lamps. You know, they you had a handle, and uh, you couldn't see much behind you or to the side. You kind of had to hold it out. Like when we were kids, frog-gigging, that's all we had was that old, that old lamp. Uh, I think it was kerosene in there, if, I don't, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, if I really wanted to see where I was going, I had to concentrate. And, and when there's snakes and frogs out there together, you really got to concentrate. And you hold that lamp out, and you're, just, you're looking for that little angle of light, and you're searching. The Bible says that's what the word is in your life. You hold that thing out in front of you, and, and you're studying it very carefully to see where you're going to put your feet. This next one, uh, do you know that God speaks to us through music and, and praise? I, I found Colossians. That's a new one. Let's write a new book of the Bible today. Colossians. Colossians 3.16. Now listen to this. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and you admonish one another with all wisdom. Remember we said we are a revelation to each other, speaking God's words. A husband is that to his wife. A wife is that to her husband. We are God's revelation speaking to each other. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs. Now, which the author of all that? From the Spirit. So God is the author. He's the initiator. And who's the delivery system? You are. And as we sing together, as we teach one another, it is God speaking to us. So I think that's pretty cool. Singing to God with gratitude in our hearts. Have you all ever heard somebody just give you a testimony of what God has done in their life? And you're going, that's exactly right. That's exactly who God is. That's exactly how he works. And you walk away encouraged and you can make it another day because you heard the testimony of what God had done in the life of another believer. And that never ends, does it? You'll be 100, 110 laying on the bed and somebody comes in and starts talking about Jesus and you're going, yep, yep, that's exactly, exactly, exactly who he is. The testimonies that people give. But guess what? So when you're singing, we probably ought to do that pretty well. Pretty, pretty purposefully because other people are being impacted by me teaching and admonishing them. How? Psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. So let's not be uh, lackadaisical in our singing because you are testifying to somebody else. Amen? And tell your story. Tell your story of what God has done. Um, the Holy Spirit is another way that God speaks to us. John 14, 17. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Uh, how many want to say thank, you're thankful for the Holy Spirit today and his leadership in your life, that he may abide with you forever? The Spirit of truth, he's always going to be speaking the truth into your life. Netflix doesn't do that, does it? 
The Spirit of God speaks the truth that we just so desperately need to hear. I beg the Lord for that truth every day. God, show me, lead me. So the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, neither sees him nor knows him, but you do, child of God. You know him, for he dwells within you and will be in you. So God is speaking his words through the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will, what? Guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he speaks, he will speak. He will tell you the things to come, and I need that in my life. Hebrews uh, eight ten. this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind, and I will write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. God has literally placed his words inside you. I sometimes, I shared with you that sometimes I feel hopeless, and something will happen. I pray for that, or maybe I go visit somebody in the hospital. I'm walking in there just discouraged, angry. You know God can use somebody sick on a hospital bed to minister to you. I walk out of there and I'm, I'm just, never ceases, never ceases, never ceases. I'm shaking my head. I'm going, God, I was supposed to be the one that brought hope. You, 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 you gave me hope. Uh, guys, that, that is God speaking to you. and He can do that through the worst situation. Um, how, bad, how badly do you need hope today? I think it's absolutely one of the most important things in our life. Hope and encouragement. God speaks to me when he encourages me in my soul. I'll tell you another way God speaks to me. I, I, I call this, the it's not a new thing, the principle of obedience and blessing. Does God bless you when you obey him? I've learned that as a young kid. I didn't care about obeying God. didn't mean anything to me. But as I got older and started making a lot of mistakes, I linked those two. That as I obey God, I experience his blessing. When I disobey God, guess what else I experience? <laughs> it wasn't God's blessing. Total, complete chaos in my life. Now, I'm not saying I'm not a name it and claim it guy, but I want to tell you, if you, if you'll, if you will suffer through sin and say no, guess what's coming on the other side of that struggle? God is going to share himself with you in the word. He's going to encourage you in some way. You're going to feel strong. You're going to have authority. You're going to have power because you obeyed. How many of y'all need that? I need the blessing of God more than I need food. And that's a lot. <laughs> the principle of obedience and blessing. That is God speaking to you and saying, see, I told you, do it my way and it will work. How about the principle of sin and misery? God will let you taste the fruit of what you have chosen. Amen? He's not always going to rescue. He'll let you taste it, not because he's mean, but because he wants you to taste it and see what it is and see what it brings into your heart. He lets you live in the trash can of your choosing so you will come to your senses. That's not being mean. That's being a loving father. Letting you have, and you taste it and say, God, I don't want that. I hate that. I hate the way it makes me feel. That's not you. That's not what I want. God reveals himself in stillness. We've got two more. 1 Kings 19, 11. 
God said, go out, stand on the mountain before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and a strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces. Now that's a storm before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire a still small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle, and he went out and he stood at the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing out here, Elijah? If you want a challenge this week, take your cell phone and put it in the other room and put it on silent. Go in the other room where that phone is not and sit quietly before the Lord. Sit quietly before the Lord. Do you think that's going to be hard for you to do? I mean, I don't think that's going to be hard to sit without your phone for a little while. It's not easy. We are, we are, we are, we are intertwined with those things. And God's not going to compete with something that we always pick up that is our go-to. Uh, stillness and quiet and sitting before him. That's a challenge for you, and it's a challenge for me as well. Let's practice that. Tune it all out and just sit quietly. God will honor that quietness and that stillness. And guess what he's going to do? He may not speak to you audibly. Do you think God will honor your desire to go sit quietly before him and give you some answers to the things that you need? The answer to that is yes, he will. Here's my last one. God speaks in suffering and pain. Suffering and pain. In John 11, 1 through 6, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the, the village of Mary and his sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother, Lazarus, was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Mary and Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. He, he loved all three of them. But the Bible says, so when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. That didn't feel super loving to that family at the moment, did it? God knew that they were hurting. God knows that you're hurting. God knows that I hurt. But I want to tell you, God rushing in and healing my hurt is not his top priority. It never has been and it never will be. Because if I am the treasure of my life, then I expect God to rush in and make me feel good and take my suffering away. If he is the treasure, guess what? That suffering has purpose. He is refining me. He is making me perseverant. He is making me broken and humble and compassionate all through that suffering. That is God speaking to us. He doesn't rush in all the time and rescue us from our suffering. He's got something greater that he's going to do through that. It was crazy that Jesus didn't rush in. He, in fact, he delayed purposefully, didn't he? And the crisis got worse. You ever feel that way about God? Why are you not rushing in here and fixing this thing? His desire was to reveal himself to a greater extent than they had ever known he didn't want a human to get the credit. He, wanted, he needed a dead body. He wanted a dead body there. So when he got involved, there's no question about who was God in that situation. 
He wanted to demonstrate that keeping us out of anguish is not his highest goal. His glory is the goal. Amen? And if that is extra pain for us, we walk on in faith, we will see him complete his mission, and we will treasure those moments as one of the greatest revelations of God that he's ever given unto us. It's going to come through moments of suffering. He is the God in pain, and he is the God in suffering, and he will reveal himself uniquely in astonishing ways through the suffering. We just have to go back to the beginning of the service sermon. Steadfast, we have to remain steadfast and persevere. And as we get through that pain, we're going to look back And we might even say, thank you, God, for what you brought me through because I see what you did there now. I think about the divorce of my parents when I was a kid. It took me a long time to even come close to saying, God, I see what you did there in the horror of of that in my life. I'm kind of grateful God used all that. He moved us to Tennessee. Um, So many good things God does. That's what makes him God. He does what only God can do in the horrible, horrible moments of death, disease, cancer, divorce, all these things, God is revealing himself. So look for him in that suffering and that anguish. He loves us enough not to just rush in and take it all away. It is shaping us into the men and women that we have to become to be warriors for the Lord. And he does that through suffering and he does that through pain. So thank you, not only for the vagus nerve, thank you for the moon, thank you for all the diff- 11 systems in my body, thank you for Jesus, thank you for the Holy Spirit, thank you for stillness, thank you for pain and suffering, Lord, because you are speaking to me through those things. And many, many more. Many, many more. Those are just some that we touched on today. Father, thank you for speaking to us, that you are not hiding from us that you want to be revealed, you want to be seen. Father, give us wisdom as we look. Give us wisdom to see you at work around us, you speaking your truth into our lives. Thank you that you are a good father. Thank you that you will give us what we need to have when we need to have it. Father, keep us humble and broken so we can serve the folks around us. We can serve and honor you in all that we do. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for this group of people you have gathered here at Beach Grove this morning. Pray for Matt and Chelsea as they journey back. Pray for tonight that you would be glorified in our meal. Thank you for each sweet person. Father, there's somebody here today that you would call uh, the day of salvation for them, Lord, that you would call them out of their seat to come and to speak and to repent of sin and to call upon your name. They are ready for that today, Lord. Would you give them the courage to step out? Perhaps somebody that is at the end of their rope and they need to pray, they need to talk. Father, during this moment of invitation, would you work and would you give us courage to respond? Heads bowed, eyes closed. Just remain where you are. If you need to speak with someone, would you please just get up and come? We will receive you. We will pray with you. We will talk with you today.